Hello Parkview. This is Thomas Hoke, uh, one of your pastors here at Parkview, and I have the pleasure of being joined by Bob Blinko. Bob, can you say hi to Parkview? Yes, hi, Parkview. Hi, Thomas. Hey, so Bob is going to be visiting us uh, this coming Sunday, November 4th and 5th, I guess, uh, for our global outreach conference. It's a weekend of events where we are highlighting the work of God among the nations that you, Parkview Church, are supporting, involved in, um, praying for, in so many ways are uh, really furthering the mission of Christ on earth and what we're all about, being a whole church, making whole disciples of Jesus for the good of all people, uh, even to the end of the earth. So Bob is joining us uh, here for this podcast so we can get a better sense of who Bob is, um, what he is excited about, passionate about. Uh, Bob is an incredible guy who has had a history of making disciples in places all over the earth and leading teams who do the same. And he has put a lot of good thought into the way that churches interact with mission organizations so that the nations can hear about Jesus Christ. So you can see why we are so excited to have Bob join us. So that was the best I could do to introduce you, Bob. <laughs> uh, yeah, thank but, you. Yeah, so like I said, I'm eager for people to hear a little bit about your story. Would you mind just sharing with us, first of all, how you became a Christian? Mm. The first time I heard someone say aloud the words of John 3.16, I was 18 years old and in my college room. Mm. And this fellow quoted, as far as I can remember, for the first time out mm. loud, God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And uh, my, my whole defense was undone. And mm. I opened my heart to Christ. Uh, why it took even that long, I can't say. But the Lord was gracious to me that day. The next day, that same fellow, Lee Bennett, mm-hmm. knocked on my door and said, come on, let's go. Where? To the student union building. So day one, I became a Christian. Day two, I became an evangelist with mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. And it seems to me, Thomas, mm-hmm. that this put me in good stead for a lifetime of not only rejoicing in my own security, but having a heart for the strangers to God, the people that were still outside the Christian fold, mm. that the, that He might win them too by John three sixteen. Mm. Wow, what a story! Um, as Bob, as you probably are aware, you know we're right here close to the University of Iowa. At, you were at the University of Oregon at that time, is that right? Yes. Go Ducks. Uh, uh. I played in every football game for all four years. Wow. I played in the marching band. I okay. sometimes forget to add that part, the <laughs> uh, French horn. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so John 3.16. Wow. And the Lord just yeah. worked through that. And boy, thank you, Jesus, for Lee Bennett and his boldness in that moment. Mm. You wow. know, Lee is still on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. Wow. He's more than 80 years old wow. and has to share the gospel before he drinks his coffee every day. So wow. when you meet a true evangelist, you know, not all of us have the gift, but some, right. of, some people have the gift and the calling. It is irrevocable. That's right. So I've always looked up to Lee, and I've never gotten past John 3.16. Thomas mm. is still un, it, 
still takes my the molecules in my body and makes me a puddle on the floor. Mm. Uh, and I think it's the main thing. I think if you've mm. said, what's the main thing about the Bible, about Christ, about God and Son, uh, I think it's this. It's, it's the assurance of our own salvation. It's the thing that we sing about. It's also then the Great Commission. Mm. You want to know where the Great Commission is all at once in the Bible? Mm. It's this great truth. Uh, that everyone who believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So before mm. God Almighty, let's be people who are blessed to be a blessing, people that are rejoicing in our own security, but also moving out into the neighborhoods nearby, the student population mm. of, your, of your great city, mm. and then to the great populations who are beyond the reach of any mission efforts and for whom it will take a special effort. And I know some of the people from your church, and I've always looked up to Parkview Hmm. because you have sent some of your people with frontiers to those ends of the earth places where Mm -hmm. they are making a difference, a John 3.16 difference in the lives of people. And if you can think of anything better than that to do, you'll have to tell me because I can't. Wow. Maybe we should close there. (laughs) That is absolutely inspiring. You are absolutely right. Uh, so you mentioned that you immediately, there was no sort of 15-month training program for you to start telling other people about Jesus. It was the next mm. morning, Lee was in your room, let's go, it's time to go make disciples. Is that right? Mm. Yeah, that's interesting you put it that way. <laughs> I have a picture, somebody made it up, with the 12 disciples sitting in school desks, you know, mm. throwing things at one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, that way we might say we some people do discipleship today. But of yeah. course... It was in the same as Christ is, come on, let's go. Today you fish, tomorrow you go fish for men. Mm. And so that was uh, a very good start for me. It was another three years later before I was confronted with the worldwide need of the gospel Mm. and the unreached people's concept. But from the beginning, evangelism, outreach, where are the strangers who need to know Christ? Yes, Mm -hmm. lots of rejection. You want to be like Christ, everybody? Uh, Mm. Look, Christ was true to his father's way, and Mm. Christ was not looking for every person to come to faith. Uh, He was looking for every person to love and Mm. to say, have you heard about my father and his great love? So Mm. this was the way. And then there was the realities, those years later, confronted with the great purposes of the Bible uh, for the Great Commission to the Unreached Peoples. Mm. You know, Psalm 22, verses 27 and 28, all the ends of the earth will turn to the Lord. Mm. For the Lord is the king of all the earth. And this then sets off a, a, another study of the Bible, once for Christ and then another one for Christ's cause. Mm. That is, you know, the whole world. And uh, it's just the whole world is not just one language or one, one uh, culture. You have to pay attention to this mosaic, this, mm. this way that the Lord has made made. Abraham and all who follow like Abraham, blessed to be a blessing to all the nations of mm-hmm. the earth, and kept that theme all the way through to the book of, of Revelation, mm-hmm. every nation, every tribe, every language. Mm-hmm. So we are not homogenized at the end. It doesn't all become a ground taste, right. a ground taste of people. Yeah. It is the distinctives of our own cultures that yeah. will actually add to the glory of God. Not That's only right. the many languages that are spoken, but the theology Yeah. Of that every group brings to this great theological study at the end, which will take a long time to get. Mm. 
but we thought we knew it all because we understood mercy or providence or perseverance, and we understood a lot in our limited English. But mm. I'm telling you, when Urdu is spoken, or Thai, or German, mm. or uh, Kurdish, my language, mm. we will find out that these people have insights from their own culture, mm. will repair our own understanding of God's glory. So he'll be twice glorified, once for the number of That's people, right. but again, for the number of cultures which are there to praise him in ways and for for ways that we haven't even been we haven't been able to think of because of our limitations that's right yeah i think as you're talking i'm guessing what it makes me reflect on is that great part in the book of isaiah when it describes the you know the end of all things when all you know it's the ships of tarshish coming into the new jerusalem and all you know describes all these ancient cultures, some of which I think at that time were already sort of extinct, bringing in all of the great treasures that they, which you oh. just like you point out, all the best caravans of, of splendor. That's right. Caravans of splendor. I just endorsed a book by that title, Caravans okay. of Splendor. Yeah. On one of our missionaries' experiences way out there in the east, mm. and how we long we long for that day. That day is already yeah. broken into this world as the first fruits of people come to faith, but mm. wait till the end. Yeah. We, we, won't, we have never imagined anything like the great ending. Wow. Well, I have about a hundred more questions about that. <laughs> However, <laughs> I'll have to, uh, I'll have to ask you them when I'm shuttling you between central and East campus on Sunday, then I will ask you mm. all of those questions. We'll have 12 minutes <laughs> for those. Um, but I want to talk a little bit about your, um, some of the work that you've done. So, uh, Bob, you, your thesis, uh, is, it's also a published work now called, uh, a new social contract relating mission societies to ecclesiastical structures. Did I get that right? Yeah, boy, isn't that a mouthful. Okay. <laughs> and it, you know, as I was reading through a little bit of this, it said, you know, you said that you want to challenge sort of the traditional way that, uh, churches relate to, mission organizations. And of course you mm -hmm. spent uh, much of your uh, career, so to speak, um, working for a mission organization. And so can you tell yeah. me, just, just tell people a little bit about the burden of that work and, and, yeah. and how that related to what you did. Yeah. During your career. Well, the, the most important thing to know about this two structures theory is that uh, the Bible supports the theory we already know that the synagogue of the New Testament of the, the Jewish experience became the model, the prototype of the New Testament ecclesia or mm -hmm. congregation. Uh, one day a week, everybody gathers, everybody's welcome. The word of God is spoken in the music. All those things are Jewish birthed. Mm -hmm. But what we're not aware of is that there was a second Jewish structure called their missionary bands. Mm. And the word for that in Hebrew is Hevra, H-E-V-R-A-H. Hevra. -H. Hevra, uh, yes. yes. New Testament missionary bands of, of Jews who would go up. At one point, Jesus Christ refers to the Hevra of the Pharisees because it's the most prominent one. Matthew twenty three fifteen. You mm. Pharisees, you make, you cross land, oh, land right. and sea in order to make positive. one convert worse than the rest of you. <laughs> not positive. Not positive. Uh, and yet, the, the, but, but look, not only the not only the, the most prominent one, but mm -hmm. Jesus Christ Himself, Jesus Christ choosing twelve men who would be with Him and mm -hmm. travel to Capernaum and here and there. 
when you ask Jews about this, and I guess this is what informed me most of all so helpfully, Thomas, when you mm. talk to Jews, mm. you realize what a Jewish book this is, mm. the New Testament. So Jesus Christ formed a Hevra, and coming into Capernaum, say, Rabbi with his 12 men, on a mission to preach the kingdom of God in their mm-hmm. That would be a Hevra. Mm. Paul and Barnabas started a Hevra. They were Jews. So mm-hmm. right from the beginning, what we have is the Jewish expression of two structures of their redemptive purposes of God. And both those structures, the synagogue and the Hevra, were borrowed by the earliest church. Mm-hmm. So I want to help Pastor Lewis or Pastor Wilson, whatever the pastor's name is, mm-hmm. unfurl his brow. Because right now he may be sitting at his desk thinking if only the church were doing her job or organized right, we wouldn't need the parachurch. I want to give him a happier day. Hmm. Because uh, he has uh, he, he has to understand what he really wants to understand, which is the biblical basis mm-hmm. of both of these. And once you see that they are a double helix of a molecule, both of them existing from the very first century in the Bible, then you can have a handshake, you can have a respect, a relationship. Mm-hmm. The church is meant for the gathering. The church is meant for the praise of God, mm-hmm. the family life, the, what we normally think of as church, for the word of God, for the discipling and the, and the sending out to our own people. But the other is made for the unreached peoples to go where there is no church mm-hmm. and birth the church. So both of these have been my privilege. I was a pastor in the 1980s mm-hmm. here in, Cal- in California. But in the 90s, I became a member of a Christian Hevra mm-hmm. missionary band which went to northern Iraq to do the work of bringing the hope of Jesus Christ mm-hmm. where there is no no church yet. Mm. Excellent. Well, I'm thinking of us. Here we are. We are not a missionary band, but we uh, support missionaries. And uh, I'm thinking of the average Parkview person. You know, we're thinking of this coming Sunday and the ways that we encourage people to be involved. Uh like a, as you just mentioned, you've been sort of on both sides of the table with that. What's your dream for a local church like Parkview if they're sort of faithfully digesting the work that you've put together as you've read the Bible and, and come to these conclusions? What sort of things do you hope and what kind of things maybe even have you seen churches respond with as, as they work through it? Well, I again, I want to regard and respect the faithfulness of Parkview. Mm-hmm. And the sending of missionaries, that's the handshake of Galatians 2, 9. Uh, Peter and Paul, two different kinds of ministry. Mm-hmm. Peter, working where the church already exists, mm-hmm. but having in attention with Paul mm-hmm. over issues. And finally, they reach the place where they're going to respect each other and mm-hmm. not try to control each other. Mm-hmm. So you've, you've had that handshake, and uh, we want to commend that. Mm-hmm. My hope for the church is that they... They will see the biblical basis of everything I'm saying. Because if it's in the Bible, we want to be people of the Bible. That's right. The biblical basis of a great commission from Genesis to Revelation. And God's ineluctable plan, I've always wanted to use that word, (laughs) this unchanging and certain plan that there will be a denouement at the end, a Revelation 22, happily ever after, Mm. all the nations. This is his plan, and if we want to get on the right side of that providence, you see, we have to consider how we can give our utmost for this highest. Mm. But my second hope is for the leadership of the church. Mm. Uh, we want to be an Antioch church. Frankly, 
I, I ask you humbly to think of praying and fasting and listening to the Holy Spirit mm. about who should be sent out. This isn't just volunteer work to ask people in the pews who they believe they're supposed to be uh, missionaries. Mm. But there is a component to leadership, the shepherd. They have to hear the shepherd's voice. Mm. And I believe leadership, frankly, needs to step up, not just to blatantly ask in order to fulfill some uh, requirement that, uh, you know, we need to be like Antioch, except that we should pray and fast mm. until the Holy Spirit would speak. And then you might be actually have more confidence and give people more confidence of a calling in their lives than leaving them up on their own to figure it out. Hmm. You could even send a church-based team. Entire teams are now being formed from congregations, hmm. uh, six, eight, nine, ten people to go to the unreached people's membership and talk about ownership. Your church wouldn't be able to stop looking at that team hmm. uh, if, if you sent an entire team. Amen. Yes. Well, uh- the words you said coincide with the season where we have sensed a need for increased dedication to prayer and indeed fasting. So mm. perhaps the Lord is at work. Mm. I am surprised to hear uh, you as a Presbyterian encouraging us to hear the voice of the Lord, though. Is that unique Holy for you? Macro. What comes What comes next? <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? Yes, <laughs> that's right. Well, just like you said, we listen to God's word. We listen to God's word. Yeah. So um, just thinking of this uh, coming Sunday... Um, how would you prepare people for particularly Sunday morning? They're going to come, you know, each week we actually record a, a podcast where we lay out sort of the passage for our community groups in particular, but for anyone who wants to listen in, here's just to get people thinking about the passage, hearing it at least once, and then uh, kind of giving some high level details. Um, we think of it as sort of the appetizer your community or, or the sermon itself being the main course. And then our discussion in our groups as uh, dessert, getting to the sweet stuff, mm. the point of application cool. and life change. So if you're giving us sort of the appetizer for Sunday morning, uh, how would you sort of set the scene for us? What, what's our passage and, and what are some of the details you, you would want to share with us? So the passage is John chapter 10 verses 14 to 16. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it in another language. I'm going to read it in Kurdish. And you or someone will translate it back into English. But here it is in English. Jesus Christ said, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. Mm -hmm. They too must hear my voice. They also must be gathered in. And there shall be one flock and one shepherd. I hope that your people that are listening will reflect on the Great Commission text that this is. Mm. Because it's another occasion in which Jesus Christ calls those who are believers to think of the others that are not like us and mm. beyond. And to, and to apprehend or realize Christ's great purpose is not that we would merely be saved and rejoicing in our own security, mm. but that we would be people of this book. Mm-hmm. People of this great commission, people like Jesus Christ himself, who heard from the Father and came down to earth, yes, went to a difficult place, a place that the Bible says uh, is under the, the whole world is under the, the power of the evil one. That's so right. Jesus Christ came down. And you know what? Some of your people will, will have to go. So mm-hmm. these end, they're not supposed to be in church. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be where there is no church. Mm-hmm. Now, 
I don't want to leave a guilt trip on the great number that are supposed to stay and be faithful. But the Lord will sort this thing out. So I would mm-hmm. say John 10, 14 to 16 is a great commission text given lovingly by Jesus Christ, who is speaking to his, his known, but reminding them, you are saved for a greater purpose than yourself. Mm. Excellent. Excellent. Wow. Um, when we come to sort of our, our discussion in groups, what do you anticipate would be sort of the, the highlight of that time as we're discussing John 10, um, some of the questions we ought to be asking one another as we digest it? Yes, well, uh, may the Lord have his way, and it will mm. be you know somewhat different from each. Yeah. The Lord is, uh, he will speak to you. He's coming up from behind you right now, says uh-huh. Isaiah. Going to okay. speak to you about it right in your own ear, but um, I I hope that there will be a sense of what just happened. Mm. What just happened to me and to my my family? Mm. Is it I, Lord? You know, I'm pretty sure I'm not the most spiritual guy. I'm pretty sure others have the better prayer life. I certainly didn't get 800 on my spiritual SAT test. Mm. But is there a call upon my life like there was for those 12, those 12 knuckleheads to be the people of God for a larger purpose than themselves? So I hope there will be a sense of the burden of the moment and not simply, uh, you know, how, how'd that guy do? Uh, you know, how, how does he compare to Andy Campman? We had Andy last <laughs> Be more like, uh, before God Almighty, what? What should I do with my life now that I have heard this word from the Lord? Mm. Great. Well, let me let me do a quick little rundown um, just of information about this coming weekend so folks can know where they can find a place where they can come and learn uh, a few of those things. And then I'm going to ask you about a couple of the things that you're doing in particular. So uh, there is on Saturday morning a breakfast from 8.30 to 10 a.m., it's at Central Campus, and that's a great time to come where uh, we'll offer breakfast, and then there will be Parkview Global Workers here. You can come, pray with them, hear more uh, about what the Lord is doing in their neck of the woods, and just get to spend some personal time there. So that's the breakfast, 8.30 to 10 a.m. Uh, at Central Campus. Uh, then Saturday evening, there is the Global Celebration Potluck, that is from 6 to 8 p.m. That is, again, here at Central Campus. Um, and so that is that is the time where we get to hear basically kind of a high-level update with several different stories um, about what's going on in the, live, uh, the lives of and the ministry of our global outreach workers. So that's Saturday from 6 to 8 p.m. Then, of course, Sunday morning, uh, Bob will be preaching at Central Campus and at East Campus. And um, and during that time, what, there will also be opportunities to meet global workers on Sunday morning, both at Central Campus and East Campus. And so you'll be hearing more information from, depending on which campus you're at, about the opportunities there. And then finally, on Sunday evening, there is a training night uh, from 6 to 7 p.m. at Central Campus and I've been told that that is a time that will be for adults in particular. And so we ask if you have uh, children under the age of 18, that's not an appropriate time for them to come, which I'm sure will make everyone curious 
Bob. Uh, yeah. Would you tell us a little more about that training night and, and why the 18 plus designation and what are you planning to talk about there? The text will be Micah chapter four, verses one through six. Uh, okay. In the latter days, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be lifted up as the highest of all the mountains and the nations will stream up to it. Mm. It's the passage which has the, the very famous text. They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears mm. into pruning hooks and they shall study war no more. Before God Almighty, I want to bring about people, the hope we have in Jesus Christ for the world as it has turned in this last month. Mm. I'm not going to talk about the news. It's easy to get the news, but the perspective. And so I want to speak freely, Thomas and everyone, Mm. about what we are fighting for to save people from. Mm. I want to refer to what is really there in Islam. And uh, this is not to scare people. This is, if you're going to be scared, don't come. But this is to assure people that the salvation we have in Jesus Christ is unique. The voice of Jesus Christ from the cross is what the whole world needs. And when you think of John 3.16, and you have to realize then that in Islam, people are forbidden, forbidden from thinking that God loves you. Hmm. He doesn't love you in Islam. He doesn't want you back. Mm. He doesn't believe in the cross of Jesus Christ in Islam. So when you see these things shattering people's lives, I want to speak freely about the state of poor Muslim people and how the best thing you can do is to bring them out of that Mm. through the power of Jesus Christ into Mm. the new community, which we call the church. This great calling, this is my great calling, uh, the Great Commission to Muslims. And again, I, I can't think of another place I want to spend my efforts, but there will be martyrs along the way. Just a year ago right now, we lost a man. Uh, so I want to speak freely, and uh, there will be some references which I just don't think it's appropriate for children. Mm-hmm. If I let them come and didn't say anything about it, then mothers would say afterwards, you should have told me. So I'm telling you ahead of time. Understandable. Appreciate the discretion. And, uh, well, I can hear your passion and it's clear the Lord is, is at work and just has been doing, uh, marvelous things through the ministry of frontiers, which you've led for all these years. And, uh, and just through your life, we're so thankful for you, Bob, and just be praying for you and part of you, please join me in praying for Bob as he prepares for this upcoming work. Um, and for preaching, just as I know you faithfully pray for the, the men who are preaching here at Parkview, pray for Bob as well. Uh, we know that when we push against um, the the tides of, well, just like you said it, a world that is under the dominion of darkness and Satan, mm-hmm. that there will be resistance. So uh, let's pray now. If you're listening, it's a good time to just join and let's uh, sp- speak a word of prayer. Uh, Father in heaven, we're so thankful for Bob. We're thankful for Lee Bennett, I believe it was, all those years ago, um, opening his mouth to be bold for Christ, John three sixteen. that you have so loved your world uh, that you sent your only son um, that we might have life. Um, and we pray that you would bless Bob as he prepares, that you would prepare us, our hearts, our minds to be ready to listen and hear and learn and respond uh, in the way that you are calling us to. Lord, we invite your spirit to do good work among us. 
uh, to make us open to that. And that this weekend would be one that we remember for your blessings poured out um, to us and through us to a world that's in desperate need for Christ. So please do all this and many more things that we could not have even thought to think of uh, for your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you, Bob. We will see you this weekend. And Parkview, we will see you this weekend uh, as we come together to rejoice and pray and think forward to all that God has done and is doing uh, through Christ, his spirit, his people throughout the nations. Uh, So join us. Take a look in the episode notes for more information about the events that we've described. Uh, Get signed up for the ones you want to join. And we will see you next week. God bless you. Thank you.